This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, June the 7th. As we get back to Phillies baseball, a enjoyable off day yesterday. What a what a thought to have an off day after a four-game winning streak. You're feeling good about the team for the first time in a while. It was um, relaxing yesterday. Not full of agita and consternation feeling pretty good how about it look um still a long way to go the Mets win again last night they're 38 and 19 on the season as the Mets just continue to pour it on so all is not great or anything but still I think there is for the first time in a little while some enthusiasm about the Phils obviously from the decision to move on from Joe Girardi and I know um obviously we saw it over the weekend we talked a lot yesterday just about the feel around the team, um, you know, the first weekend without Girardi here and kind of a, you know, a different feel around the team and energy and excitement. Obviously, we're coming off the win on Sunday, the best win of the season, one of the best wins of the last few years. I mean, down 6-2 to two in the eighth, the Harper Grand Slam, and then to give up that lead 7-6 to six in the ninth and the Bryson Stott three-run homer to win it. On a grand slam and then a tying grand slam and then a walk-off three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, you know, doesn't get too much better as far as winning a individual baseball game goes. Obviously, the games get more important and, and all that kind of stuff. But as far as just winning an individual baseball game, high level right there. You know, they don't get too much more fun than that one. And... Yeah, they needed it. Angels lose again last night. They've lost 12 straight, so that's really the only thing you can kind of point to and say, well, you know, they beat what is currently the um, most struggling team in baseball at this exact moment, you know, but look, they handled business, especially Friday and Saturday just went out and, you know, beat up on the Angels, 10 nothing, 7-2, just handled business, and then a close one on Sunday and, and find a way to win, and there's a different feel around the team, and, and we talked a lot about the weekend's action. Let's talk more about the Girardi, Thompson, Dombrowski of it all today, and then we'll obviously look ahead to a big series. You know, this is the last series of the gauntlet. You know, we spent so much time a month plus ago looking at the schedule and saying, wow, you know, they got the Dodgers and the Padres and the Dodgers again, and they got the Mets and the Braves and the Mets again, and they've got the Mariners and they've got the... Giants, and they've got the you know all these teams that you know the Angels who were really good when we talked about it, and now the Brewers. This is it. This is the end of the gauntlet of a schedule. After this, the Phillies' schedule gets significantly, significantly easier. As of starting uh, today, they have the fourth easiest schedule the rest of baseball, and, and that'll get even easier after these three games against the thirty-three and twenty-three Milwaukee Brewers, just in terms of opponent schedule record. 
So the Phillies are, are about to embark on the easier part of their season, so to speak, comparative to the first part of the season. It is significantly easier. The Phillies' winning uh, percentage of teams they have faced so far this season is 540. It's above five. I think it's like actually 544. I mean, that's insane. That is a you know 80-plus win team, 85, 86 win team, whatever it is. I mean, that's... S- a substantial team, so to speak, whereas now for the rest of the season, I think it's like 477, 476, and then it, it goes even lower than that as the season goes on. They have a lot of games left against the Nationals, a lot of games against the Pirates and the Reds and all these types of teams that, you know, the Marlins, still a lot of games against the Marlins that, you know, and that could go both ways, obviously, as Phillies fans, but um, there's there's hope. There's hope on the rise, and I don't know about the division, but but in terms of the wild card, there's, there's real hope on the... the Horizon when you take into account the schedule they have left to play. And again, the fact that, look, you can't say that a manager changes everything, but it did feel over the weekend like we saw a different baseball team. And when we talk so much about wanting to get rid of Girardi over the first month and a half, two months of the season, you know, it was as much the the culture of the clubhouse as was the in-game stuff. And the in-game stuff was horrible too, but we've talked so much about, you know, just a team that didn't, look like they were having fun, a team that didn't look like they had any energy, a team that didn't look like it went into every game thinking we got to win this game, you know, <laughs> a general energy around the team that felt like, ah, eh, we'll get them tomorrow. That felt like the core energy of the team for the first close to two months of the season was, eh, another game tomorrow. And it didn't feel that way over the weekend. And, you know, we, we I think a lot of people think that that kind of came down from Girardi. That was kind of the message that he was sending, the the vibe that he was instilling in the clubhouse was one of not necessarily aggressive every day, you know, of, of hey, it's early. Hey, there's a lot of time left. And that was infuriating especially for a baseball team that came into this season with such high expectations, a team that finally went over the luxury tax after us begging for it for the last few years and honestly thinking it was never going to happen. They they surprise everyone and do it. And then obviously it's been a, a real massive disappointment of a season up until the weekend. You know, up until the weekend, pure disappointment. Flat out. And then they fired Girardi, and all of a sudden, there's some life. And look, there's still flaws with this team. We know that. There are still real issues. And we'll get into more of it as we go. We know that. But but in terms of, of making a change at one spot and having it affect the whole team, that's what firing Girardi looks like it could do, and, and so far over the weekend has done. And... Again, look, I, I, you know, I've talked about this a lot, but I don't think changing a manager changes everything, but I do think that there is a proven track record in Major League Baseball of examples of where a team that is struggling but is more talented than their record fires a manager and then all of a sudden gets a kick in the butt. And I think that's what we're seeing here, and I think that's what we're going to see here. Like, I... I have been, you know, it's kind of been a roller coaster for all of us, but a roller coaster of a season for me in terms of my belief in the team. Came into the season strongly believing in the moves they made, strongly believing this was a team that would and could compete for a playoff spot and that we would finally end our decade plus drought of not making the playoffs. I felt confident in the group they put out there, in the talent on the field, and the way the team was constructed. 
And then over the first, you know, three weeks of the season, month of the season, it's a lot of, hey, chill out. Hey, don't worry. Hey, it's early. Hey, it's a marathon. All the cliches that we use that, by the way, are correct. It is the right thing to not freak out too quickly in a baseball season. We all know that. You know, we've, we know. We've seen it. But it's also hard to, to watch what you watch and, and not sometimes overreact. But as the season progressed and as the team started to get more disappointing and more disappointing and look more lifeless and more lifeless, I, I started to kind of turn and say, you know, it's not, it's not that early anymore. And the division's over. And I need to see it to believe it. Like, I can't, you know, after the, the decade plus that we've gone through, I can't just say, all right, they'll figure it out. Oh, this is the moment they're going to turn around. No, 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 too much of that. Too much. So... In my mind, it really came down to to having to move on from Girardi to kind of get me back in on this team. And they fired Girardi, and then they win three straight over the weekend, have their best weekend of the season. Like, I'm not saying I'm fully back in, but I'm definitely intrigued about being back in. You know, they definitely did exactly what I would have wanted to see from them over the weekend to start to reinfuse those juices into me, so to speak, you know, because... I do think again that that Girardi was a big problem with this team, and I, you know, I think that again they're flawed, their issues, the injuries are going to hurt, you know, Segura, all that stuff. But they're better than what we've seen, and I knew they could play better than what we've seen, and I think moving on from Girardi has kind of spurred that. And look, we got to see it's a big series coming up against Milwaukee. We'll get more into it in a bit, but a massive series in that they're playing a really good team on the road after a, an exciting homestand. Can they carry that energy with them? Can this continue? Can they win a series in Milwaukee before they come home and the schedule gets easier? We'll look at the schedule in a bit too. Um, but I do think this was a big moment. And let's get some some more with the uh, the decision itself. And uh, you know, we kind of talked a bit about it yesterday, obviously, but also had to react to the three games over the weekend and the excitement of baseball. But specifically the decision going back to last week to move on from Girardi on Friday, we talked about how surprising it was that it happened Friday, not Thursday, that they had the off day on Thursday. I expected on Thursday, even after they won the game on Wednesday, it kind of, when it didn't happen on Thursday, it made you think it wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the news on Friday and um, the press conference on Friday, we didn't talk at all about that yesterday. I thought, um, you know, not not a ton in there, as Dombrowski is a very, very experienced media savvy general manager or president of baseball ops, whatever you want to call him. Um, the dude has been around the block. He's been doing this for a very long time, so he's not hes not going to give you anything in that way. He's not going to say anything that you don't expect him to. He's not going to say anything that's going to get him in trouble. Um, but I did think there were some interesting points in the press conference. I thought the, the constant focus on communication with the players was fascinating. You know, both Dombrowski and Rob Thompson in the press conference talked about the need to communicate with the players, um, that being of paramount importance of talking to the guys of getting the feel of the locker room and you know those all felt like very clear i don't know if shots the right word but shots at joe girardi you know and look we even heard it you know we've heard it from some of the players after the games like bryce's comment after the stat home run on sunday where you know he basically implied that you know he's like yeah it was great to see it happen it's nice to know these young guys are going to get a shot kind of thing it's you know another veiled shot at least that's veiled in a way um but i thought the press conference was interesting from that perspective that they really did focus on communication on 
talking to the players and knowing what's going on in the clubhouse. And look, that's something we all thought was an issue, right? I mean, that was something that we all assumed was an issue, that, that Girardi and the interaction with the players and the way he related to the players and all that could be a real problem. And, and it seems like that's been the case. And we'll see what Rob Thompson is, but it certainly seems like at least from that specific perspective, he's better. You know, a lot of the guys, the way they talk about him, he's very clearly uh, beloved in that locker room, in that clubhouse, in the sport. And I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting, and this one I don't know if I believe Dombrowski on, but Dombrowski basically said, almost point blank, that that this was all his decision. You know, he said that he didn't speak to the players, that he spoke to his, you know, top baseball brass guys, the Anis, the Sam Folds, and so on and so forth. Um, and then he only approached John Middleton about it on Tuesday. Um, I find that hard to believe. It's certainly the Middleton part, let's be honest. Middleton has been involved in this the whole time, I would think. And he lets Dave make the decisions. I think that's pretty clear. But I'm sure Dave was keeping him up to date, and they at least had a conversation about it. Either way, it is possible they didn't truly approach Middleton to say, all right, I think it's time till Tuesday. Who knows how that worked out. But I also I, I find it hard to believe that he at no point went to Bryce Harper and said, hey, Bryce, what do you think, buddy? You're pretty important here. You're an important part of this uh, operation. What do you think, pal? I, I would be surprised if he didn't have a conversation with Bryce or didn't get a feel for the clubhouse or go through an intermediary to get a feel for the club, whatever. Like, I, I would be shocked, but Dombrowski did put it all on him and kind of, you know, took the uh, the brunt of it, so to speak. Um, so I, I thought the whole thing was fascinating, and I thought the reasoning and, you know, Dombrowski after saying, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever, I don't look at the managers during the season that makes the change a week plus later. Just a nice reminder that a lot of times people say things in these situations, managers, general managers, all that, that, you know, they have to say what they have to say and that it's not always the truth. You know, we know that. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that Dave, despite saying that last week, was willing to, you know, only a week plus later kind of just turn right around and say, all right, enough. My bad. Well, let's fix this. So ultimately, I think, you know, the right move for this team, obviously, we, 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 we can all agree on that. Um, and it was necessary. It was necessary. And, and I think it could give this team a jolt. You know, I really do. I think this team can, and we saw it over the weekend, look, we're, there are other factors to the album. I mean, June Schwarber, let's go, buddy. Finally, we're seeing why that guy signed that contract. And, you know, it's funny. We've talked about this before, but, you know, when you look at the numbers, Despite the 200 batting average, Kyle Schwarber has probably been the second most impactful player on this team offensively, which in and of itself says something, you know, um, that this team can be a lot better offensively, a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I think with June Schwarber here, I think that's an exciting development. Um, and this team, you know, Harper is is locked in right now, JT has played much, much better baseball over the last 10 days, two weeks. Um, Hoskins continues to be a real problem. I mean, it is unbelievable how bad Reese Hoskins has been. Just can't seem to figure it out, can't seem to get it going. It's been a rough season for Hoskins. But if he can get locked in, we know, I mean, he's one of those guys who it's like a, a flip switch, you know, swip, switch flip, excuse me, flip switch. It's probably a thing. I think a flip switch is a thing. Either way, I was talking about switch and a flip. Flipping a switch. Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh, buddy. Hopefully they hit better than I talk today. Um, <clears throat> but um, I uh, the Schwarber thing's going to help. Hopefully Hoskins can 
flip the switch and get it going a little bit. Um, because if Hoskins can, then then it, you know you get a lot more dangerous with that lineup. And and then the young guys, you know, you hope that you know the weekend Bryson Stott had, the moment he had, can really make him feel like he belongs. You know, the confidence will be there. Mickey Moniak, can he get rolling? You know, the the youth that has been infused in the lineup. We've talked about that yesterday a bit. The fact that Rob Thompson's willing to play the young guys. Obviously, Bryce Harper commenting on it, um, not so subtly after the Stott homer um, that. I do think that that's important for the vibe of this team, the feel of this team, and I'm I'm excited about the potential moving forward. One thing I I don't think we mentioned yesterday, but just to to hammer it home, I do think they have to start um, considering the the closer role. I've been really happy with Sir Anthony as a fireman kind of guy, being able to come in in any situation, the fifth inning, the seventh inning, the eighth inning, whenever the game's on the line, and use him in the most important spots, and I appreciate that. But he is so far and away the best pitcher in this bullpen right now, and. You just can't keep rolling a closer out there who's not going to get the job done. You can't. It's too debilitating. It's too debilitating when you lead the ninth and you blow it. You know, yes, there are going to be other high leverage spots in games that, you know, on the whole, I do think it is super important to have people you can count in those spots, obviously. But ultimately, the crushing blows that come from a closer blowing games, um, I think you got to make Sir Anthony the closer. I think it's time. Or go trade for someone. And look, ultimately, this team's going to have to trade. You know, we're talking a lot about, you know, can they turn this season around? And that happens now. And we'll get into the Brewer series in a minute. That happens now. It's time to, you know, take advantage of the schedule, take advantage of the manager change, take advantage of the good vibes in the, the clubhouse and, and go on a run now. That is that is what has to happen. But assuming they can turn this around and get back in the race, they're gonna have to add bullpen arms. I think that's the number one thing that you look at as we head in, you know, kind of barrel towards the trade deadline a month and a half away. Um, if this team can stay in it, and you know, there were reports last week, I believe it was, that the Phillies will be buyers at the deadline. We're obviously ways out from that, but I do think that you know, I think the Phillies made the manager change because they don't want to give up on this season. I think that they know that their talent is there and that they can get back in this thing, and they had to do something about it. And they had to make a move to to shake this thing up, and I think that's why they did and what they did. I, and you know, Dabrowski talked about needing a different voice in that clubhouse, and I think that's a big part of it too. So I think you do everything you can to, to embrace this, this run and try and make some magic happen, but they will need to add some, some pieces there. But for now, I would put Sir Anthony in the closer spot and lock that down and feel better about that. And then if you make trades, you can adjust. But, you know, bullpen, center field, the Mickey thing, let's see how that goes, leadoff hitter. You know, there's some holes on this team. Um, but as we saw over the weekend, they can be better, and they can be way better than they've played so far. And it's an important stretch of baseball coming up. So we'll get to the Brewers series in a sec, but, you know, on the whole, just I'm really excited that they made the move. I'm really excited that they finally said, all right, it's time. We're going to end this. We're going to, you know, move on from Joe Girardi and, and see if it makes a difference. So, so far, so good. Let's see how it goes. There's a big series coming up in Milwaukee here as, again, you know, when you look at the schedule, this is really the last of the gauntlet scheduling series that we talk so much about is after this, they've got the Diamondbacks at home, the Marlins at home, five in Washington, and then two in Texas. So they're next, one, two, three, four, five, six, 11, 12, 13 games are against teams under 500. 13 straight after a month and a half of teams above 500. Then they have the Padres and the Braves and the Cardinals in there, but still some Washington and Miami. And then the second half of the schedule after the All-Star break is... Again, as easy as it gets. So 
That's a big series. Ranger tonight, a big spot for Rangers. He is obviously, of all the Phillies starters, I mean, Gibson is what he is. He's the fifth starter. But of all the guys you quote-unquote counted on coming into the season, Suarez has been by far the most disappointing. So Suarez against Jason Alexander, not the actor. Tonight, then tomorrow, Nola against Adrian Hauser. That's a nice matchup for the Phils. Hauser's been fine for the Brewers, but Nola clearly better. And then Eflin against Burns on uh, on Thursday, a 2-10 game. That obviously a little tougher. Corbin Burns reigning Cy Young, but... Um, Take two or three. Take two or three, because then you got, again, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, Washington, Texas. And your next off day is June 20th. So, you know, yesterday the important off day needed, now 13 straight days of baseball. Again, all against teams without uh, without a winning record. So, except for the Milwaukee. So, after that, it's, it's then it's 13 straight against teams without a winning record. So, Really big spot coming up here for the Phils. This series, it matters. It's a it's a really big one. And um, you know, if they can win this series and then head into this this easier stretch, I mean, you know, you can make some ground, make some hay. All of a sudden, you go to the All Star break and you're you know back in it. Um, Brewer is one of those teams that um, the sum just greater than the parts because you look at the lineup and you look at some of the names in it. Um, our good buddy Andrew McCutcheon, one of those. But I mean, Christian Yelich is obviously a stud, but you know, has not been the same type of player. That he was when he won the MVP as he's batting only 218 on the season, a 673 OPS for Christian Yelich. Um, I mean, really offensively, it's a it's it's shocking. They do not have a single player. Hunter Renfro is on the 10 day IL, uh, is the only player in the lineup, and obviously he is. I don't know. They have a single player with an over 800 OPS. I'll say that again. They do not have one player. With an over 800 OPS other than Hunter Renfro. And they're 10 games over 500. Think about that. Rowdy Tella's been pretty good for them. Um, Colton Wong's been all right. I mean, but the reason they are is their pitching staff. They have an amazing staff. And look, the Phillies are lucky. Both Woodruff and Peralta on the, te- uh, on the IL, two of their three best pitchers. They still have Burns who they face, but you miss Eric Lauer has been great for them this year. Andy Ashby has been really good filling in for them. You miss him. So that's good. It's really this bullpen though is just lights out. Holby Milner has been crushing it for them. How about that? But Josh Hader, Devin Williams, Boxberger. I mean, they just got dudes, especially Hader and Williams, probably the you know best one-two punch in, in any bullpen in the sport legitimately. But again, this is a, a lineup that just doesn't hit. It is... It's pretty astounding when you look at at where they sit, um, the Brewers, in terms of record, and then the lineup, and it is shocking. You know, it's certainly a team that's not built like the Phillies, I'll tell you that much. But the Brewers at 33-23 and 23 in first place in the Central. Now, the Cardinals have been playing really good baseball as well. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're only half game back. They're 32-23. and 23. Obviously, both teams way out of the Phillies. The Phillies still 11 half back of the Mets. The Mets at 38-19. The Phillies at 25-29. The Braves... Sadly, have been playing great baseball. They've won five straight. They are twenty-eight and twenty-seven, uh, so they are two and a half out of the Phillies too. So you know you got ground to make up on multiple teams there. As um, the Phillies, as far as the wild card goes, they are eleven and a half out of the NL East. So four and a half back of the San Francisco Giants for that last wild card spot. They're two and a half back of the Braves. They are tied with the Diamondbacks, who are also four games under five hundred. Obviously, the Diamondbacks coming up next on the schedule after the Brewers. Um, so they're right in it, you know, and, and you don't like that they're one, two, th- you know, three teams in front of them for a spot, not to mention the, the Cardinals and the Padres who are two and three games respectively ahead of the Giants for those wild card spots. Um, so you don't love that, but you do feel good about uh, generally 
the direction of this team after this weekend, um, especially again, comparative to where we felt a week ago, literally one week ago today, um, we were in the midst of it. You know, the one week ago today at night, the Phillies would lose their fifth straight, I believe it was, and lose their 12th of 16. It wasn't until the next night, the last game of Joe Girardi's tenure, they win that game 6-5, they fired Joe Girardi the day after the off day, and then, you know, the three-game weekend, and here we are. So things can change in a hurry in baseball. And this is the time for things to change in a hurry. You know, it's still not that late in the season. There's still 108 games of baseball left for the Philadelphia Phillies. They still have two-thirds, almost, of the season left. Close to two-thirds of the season left. There's still a lot of baseball left. But they've dug themselves a massive hole in the division, and they've dug themselves a hole in the wild card. So, like, now's the time where they have to turn this around, especially with the schedule. So, we'll see. We'll see if Rob Thompson's got the magic. So, big one tonight. Again, Suarez, if they... Man... If Ranger can give him something tonight, I think we could start to get a little more excited because then Ranger, if Ranger can look good, then it's, you know, start to snowball in a good way. It'd be pretty exciting. So either way, whatever happens tonight, we'll be back to react to it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today, right here on the Phillies 24 7 Network. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.